Friends, let us listen for the word of God from the Gospel of Luke in the 19th chapter, this story which we have reenacted ourselves this morning. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany at the place called Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find there tied a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. After throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for the deeds of power which they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. If the disciples were silent, the stones would shout out. Heidi and I had a conversation this past week about what that might mean. Heidi, our student pastor. Always wonderful to have a theological debate with someone who was in seminary and learning things right on the cutting edge. I've forgotten most of what I've learned. So sometimes she's reminding me of things, and sometimes she's teaching me new things. It's wonderful. But we were talking about what could it possibly mean when Jesus says, if the disciples were silenced, the stones themselves would cry out. Now, the Pharisees were probably thinking they needed to silence the disciples because they were all a minority group. They were the people who had a little bit of power over the minority, but they probably felt protective of their people. And if they had a rabble-rousing, if some insurrection looked like it was popping up, the Romans, who had the real authority in the region, would crush it. So they were putting people at risk by praising God in this exuberant way. So they're saying, tell your disciples to stop. Like that feeling that minorities sometimes have of, "You're you're making us look bad. Like, The people in power are going to feel threatened by this. And Jesus says, if they were silent, the stones themselves would shout out. Now, Heidi and I were debating, does this seem almost like 
cosmic whack-a-mole. Like the earth is praising God, and if we're quiet over here, the praise will pop up over here. If it's quiet over there, the praise will pop up over there. There is just this profusion of God's good earth, which God created, which God loves, praising God. And it just seeps out all over the cosmos. And on Palm Sunday, I think of it as being like this. I think that's true. For God so loved the world, all of the world, all of creation, that God comes to us in Jesus. And we are a part of that creation. God so loves the world, the whole world. We praise God unconsciously, subconsciously. I've also forgotten everything I ever learned about Freud, so if anyone wants to correct me. We have an unconscious or a subconscious mind. And then some things can be brought to our consciousness. I think of Palm Sunday as being like this. Have you ever watched those videos maybe on on YouTube? If you haven't, Google them, look them up when you get home, and watch the trees dance. Watch the way the wind blows through the trees and see how they are moving, responding to the wind blowing through them, or watch a sped-up version of plants growing, how the flowers and Branches emerge, how they bend and twist toward the light. Watch that sped up and see how it looks like there is a dance. There's a dance of praise going on to God the Creator. I think of Palm Sunday. When we take our palms like this, we make ourselves like the dancing trees, how we just walked around in the beauty of God's earth under the sunshine, waving our palms and participating consciously in a praise of our loving God. And I want us to pause for a moment and think of the ways we praise God unconsciously without realizing it. It was on Confirmation Sunday when I shared with you these words of Rob Bell from the NUMA series, which I know many of you know, which the Confirmands used and which the adult Bible study uses, where we thought together about how when Moses says to God, what is your name? God gives him four letters, which in Hebrew are really unpronounceable. What we say when we call on the name of God that God told Moses is like, yod Hed vad Hed." Y-H-W-H. And what it's supposed to sound like isn't a name like Lord. We write it in the Bible, L-O-R-D. But it sounds in Hebrew like breathing. Breathe in with me. And breathe out. You have just said the name of God. So when you go around your day in every moment, as your heart beats without you telling it to, as your mind puzzles over things without you even realizing it, As you breathe, you are always calling unconsciously on the name of God. You, in your being, which God created, miraculous as it is, you are unconsciously praising God in every moment. And then we can come to a conscious awareness of how we praise God. 
we can have something in creation spark a moment where we appreciate its beauty. Maybe something we walk by a million times and then we stop and look. Maybe we look into the eyes of someone we love. Maybe we see how the flowers are bursting into bloom. Maybe we come to understand someone in a new way and we stop in that moment and we realize something We understand something, we comprehend something in a new way, and we are filled with awe at who God is. And then we consciously say to God, thank you. We appreciate what God does in that moment. Palm Sunday is taking our place in creation and a conscious awareness of how we participate. So I'm giving you lots of homework today, lots of things I want you to find online. But I posted a series to um, Facebook with Sherry's help. There's a professor at Fairfield University who gave a two-part lecture series at one of our sister UCC churches in Trumbull. His name is Chris Staker, and he's a mathematician, and he really brought a good word to that congregation, and I encourage you to listen to it, because I really can't do it justice. But the two-part series is about beauty in mathematics in two parts, beauty in simplicity and beauty in complexity. And to sum up just part of it for you, if you imagine how the ancients thought of the world, I think first they thought that this earth was the center of everything. This was the most, the best. They were so pleased with what they had. In many cultures, they set up a central point and said, this right here is the center of the universe and everything spins around it. The sun orbits the earth. Aren't we wonderful? And God has a dome in the sky and it's like stickers stuck on a ceiling of stars that surrounds us. Wonderful, precious, sacred us right here in the middle. And as time went on and understanding grew, they realized that this is not the case, that we orbit the sun. And every time this happened, there was a shift in religion and how people understood themselves and how they understood what the cosmos is, all of God's created earth. So he takes us through when we realized, so think of what a massive shift this is, that our galaxy is not just the earth orbiting around us and not just us orbiting around the sun, but it consists of 300 billion other stars just like the sun. Can you fathom that? And then not only our galaxy, but in the 1920s we learned there are other galaxies. The Andromeda galaxy looked like a teeny little strange gas cloud in space. And when our telescopes became strong enough and got the capacity, developed the capacity to see what it is, we realized it is an entire other galaxy. The Hubble Space Telescope focused in on what looked to us like an empty patch of sky. Now imagine the cosmos. Imagine we found a dark place where it looked like there was nothing. And because it's out in space, it zoomed in on this empty patch and discovered that 
every little dot of light that it picked up is another whole galaxy with some 300 billion stars. Every empty patch, then, if you pan to another one, it wasn't that they just got lucky. They could pan to another thing that looked like an empty patch and discover more galaxies with some 300 billion stars everywhere the telescope could look. There might be more than 2 trillion galaxies in the universe, more than the grains of sand on all of our beaches. So how does this make us feel? Sometimes, raise your hand if you've seen The Truman Show. So sometimes we live our lives as though we are the center of the whole universe, not just the planet Earth, but we, ourselves. And if we keep zooming out, and remember, there's a conscious mind in everyone around us, and then we are all on this tiny speck floating through God's created cosmos that is so much vaster than our minds can possibly comprehend. Does this make you feel small and tiny and insignificant? Or does it make you feel like the miracle that you are? That God created you, made you in this time and place, and placed you here in God's good earth, and God loves you. In our scripture, which says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven, that highest heaven that just goes and goes and goes. But what does God do in this story? But take on flesh and bone. Enter creation as you do, with a beating heart, with a breath inside your lungs breathing the name of God, every atom in you connected to all the other atoms in the universe, God takes on a body and comes humbly riding into a dirty, messy city on the back of a warm, trotting donkey. God comes to us because God loves us that much. Can we hold both of these things in our minds at the same time? That God, whose tent is in the heavens, chooses to take on a fragile body. It is preposterous. We can't possibly comprehend it. I think there really is only one thing we can do. First, breathe in and breathe out. Come to a conscious awareness of that. Let everything we learn from science make us awe-filled, filled with awe, filled with joy. And will you respond with me by being a part of creation, making yourself like a tree, would you stand up, consciously join in creation, consciously praise God, reach up your hands, 
Breathe in, breathe out the name of God, and shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in the highest heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen.